0: Holy shit, did I follow some bad advice. Hello, welcome in to the Story Lesson Advice Podcast. Thanks for giving us a listen. Uh, Do not forget to check out the website sidmedia.net. That is up and running. I've got all the podcast links there, blog posts. I have three or four blog posts going right now. All the YouTube video links are there as well. Uh, we also have a YouTube page uh, at Saturday is Saturday Media. Search for that on YouTube, you'll find it. And if you enjoy this podcast, consider giving it a follow, consider sharing the podcast with friends, family, anyone else you so choose. All right, so I said, Holy shit, did I get follow some bad advice? So here is the story of that. I graduated college in 2003 and did what most people did, which was I took the first job that I could. Hopefully that was somewhat related to the major that I selected when I was 17 years old, more on that in a minute. And I went to work for the company and that's what I did. And I was fortunate enough, I had a couple of great friends that helped me get connected with the company that I did. And it was in transportation and logistics. Not exactly where I thought I would be, but I was 22 years old and said, I need a job and this is a great way to build a resume. So, I did that for a year or two, got promoted once or twice, and then had the opportunity to move to Chicago for the company in a different type of job. So I did that, really enjoyed it a year later. We were going to do another office like that in Dallas, Texas. so I decided you know what i 'm young i 'm single i 've always wanted to live somewhere warm where you don 't have to shovel snow. so I took that job and was there for the next five or so years and at first, I really enjoyed it and I went from being a, a sales uh, person to a trainer and then to a manager and then recruiting and doing all sorts of stuff. And I thought, okay, I'm starting to build my resume here. I've got a couple of different things of experience and maybe one day I can put that into to kind of combine it all and do something with this company or maybe move somewhere else and do something else. But I was enjoying it for the most part. And then the last two or so years the office that I was working at uh, was really, really not a great place. It was, you know, borderline toxic. Now the company itself, great company back then, great company now. But the office that I was at uh, just had, you know, a handful of people that really kind of influenced the the behavior of the office. And uh, it was just toxic leadership and it was not a good scenario. So about that time, I was also kind of pondering, okay, I'm 27, 28 years old. I want to do this for the next 20, 30 years of my life. Probably not. Um, And I started looking around and then, oh, yeah, it's 2008 and the housing market took a giant poop all over the economy. So, not a lot of places were hiring. So, I thought, okay, the best thing to do is just to kind of stay put for now. Uh, I have job security and figure out what I want to do. And I really started to get the itch to start thinking about cooking professionally. And I knew it was not uh, gonna be very glamorous, even though my ego took, told me otherwise. I knew it was gonna be nights, weekends, and holidays. And I was okay with that because I knew hopefully it wasn't going to be forever what I was thinking of. And in my mind, I said, okay, I've got you know sales experience, I've got training and managing experience and recruiting. Well, what if I take all that and put that together and go learn how to cook? And then I'll have some business acumen, I'll learn how I, I know how to cook, and maybe one day I can open up a restaurant and I've got formalized training, and uh, how to train other people and how to recruit people and how to manage people. And I thought, okay, well, you know, maybe this is the right path. So that's what I did and continued to work there for another two years, went to school at night and, uh, graduated culinary school and went, uh, started cooking. And, uh, I did that for about five or so years and I enjoyed it for the most part as time went on. um, and my father got sick and that sort of kind of reframed my perspective, which I've talked about in other episodes. But the plan was before my father got sick was that I was going to cook for, you know, 10 to 12 years, get as much experience as I could on the restaurant side. And then when my parents were retiring and we had, my wife and I had some money in the bank to look at potentially opening up a restaurant, have grandma and grandpa around to watch the kid, their kids. And then my wife and I would be able to kind of tag team the restaurant. That was sort of the plan. Um, it didn't work out that way and thank God everything happens for a reason and I ended up being at the company that I'm at now, which is almost 10 years later. So really weird path. But the reason I tell that story is, is because of the decisions that I made and I kind of forced onto myself, which was I looked at it that if I was going to move, I had to make a career change. And that was completely the wrong way to do it. But I didn't have a mentor or anybody like that. So having been through that, I have a lesson that can be helpful. But before the lesson, it's time for today's sponsor, I wish I had. And unfortunately for the video audience, I do not have a can of this. But there is a company that produces bubbles, uh, champagne bubbles, which is some of my favorite, same with my wife. They are called Underwood and they produce bubbles in a variety of ways. But my favorite way that they do it is in a 12 ounce can. And they also have Pinot Noir in a can, I think Chardonnay in a can or something. But the Underwood bubbles, it's a can and it is one of my favorite things. It's incredibly budget friendly. It's like five or six bucks a can, 12 ounces. So basically two glasses. And the reason that I like this so much is because my wife and I have used this a million times going with other friends. We have some great friends that we always go to the Arboretum, I uh, used to go to the Arboretum with when we lived in Dallas, like this big outdoor area with lots of flowers and, and decorations and everything. You kind of make a makeshift picnic or whatever, but these cans are perfect because you just crack them open instead of bringing a huge bottle of bubbly um, and with glass and everything. it's just aluminum cans and you can recycle them afterwards. So I highly recommend, if you can find them in the store, should be available at any grocery store, at a Total Wine, maybe at some liquor stores. Underwood Bubbles, check them out. Today's sponsor, I wish I had. Okay, so I gave you the story, now it's time for the lesson and the advice. And this time, the lesson and the advice are tied pretty close together. So the lesson that I learned was two things. Number one, not always a great idea to follow your passion. I think a lot of times that advice is well-intended, but misused and misguided. And the second lesson that I learned is if you're looking at making a change, it doesn't have to be this radical sweeping change that you go from one industry to the other or completely change what you're doing. Now, it, it can be if that's what you want. If you need to change of pace and you need a break or whatever, absolutely. But I kind of felt like I was backing myself into a corner without realizing it that I could have just gone done you know something else at another company or the same thing at another company. Uh, but the advice that I would give myself and my daughter when she's older uh, and anybody else that might be struggling with something like this, I think is better than just the lesson. So people will tell you, follow your passion, right? And that sounds great and romantic and I did. And um, it's not always all it's cracked up to be. Sometimes it is. So I'm certainly not discouraging anyone from following their passion. However, most of the time, people don't understand what their passion is until later on in life. And that makes sense because how do you know what you really like until you have enough life experience to have tried a handful of things to figure out what what you do like? And then oftentimes, once you figure that out, the, the mistake that I made, which was, okay, I need to go directly into that particular job or that particular industry. So the advice that I would give is to step back and think about why you like those things. Why are you passionate about whatever it is? And for me, it was cooking. And, and when I think about that, like, yes, I love food, obviously. But besides that, what I really found that was passionate to me about the cooking side was the creativity. Now, I don't fancy myself a creative, but I enjoyed the process of being able to experiment and kind of play around I also really, really love the idea of just taking a couple of simple ingredients and with some basic technique, just turning onions and garlic and some fresh herbs and some tomatoes into like the best tomato sauce you've ever had, right? So I really liked the idea of the creativity. I like the idea of sort of the simplicity. And I also like the idea of the collaboration. It's really fun when you're talking with someone that likes food or likes movies or whatever it is the same way that you do it's just a great free-flowing conversation and i really liked the idea of collaborating and working as a team and a kitchen is a is a team it's a small team or it's a big team and everybody has to do their part and everybody feeds off each other metaphorically and literally so i really liked that and i noticed that when i was at my previous careers the types of work that i also really enjoyed were those same kind of things i really enjoyed the training aspect of it because I like being able to help people and kind of coach people. I liked the recruiting and the collaborating aspect of it, of being able to work in groups and figure out a problem and everybody kind of pitch in and help out. And I really liked those kinds of things. So if I were to do this all over again, I would say, okay, I know that I really like food and I know the reasons that I like cooking and that kind of stuff are, I like the creativity, I like the collaboration. I do like the, the, the feel good of being able to serve someone and, and have them enjoy an experience or have your restaurant be the place where families can go to celebrate birthdays and anniversaries and all that kind of stuff. That That's, that's really nice, that's really great to feel. So I like all of those things, but instead of just going and diving headfirst into a line cook job making 9.50 an hour, what if I looked for a career that could have kept my life in normal balance could have kept my pay in normal balance and i would look for a job at a company that had those attributes so my advice to myself back then and to my daughter maybe anybody else that that needs to hear it would be think about why you like the things you do or why you like the things you're passionate about and see if you can find other opportunities that will lean into those things. Because I also imagine that's probably where each of us feels that our strengths are as well. So that would be my advice. Now, following up with that, one of the problems that I've had, and I'll debate some people to the ends of the earth on this, but you know, I said I started by taking the first job that I could, right? And that's what so many other people do, is they get out of college and you take the first job that'll hire you and you just go from there. And backing up before that, thinking about, well, I majored in business, whatever the shit that means, so I got to find a job that's quote-unquote business, again, whatever that means. And I think it's ridiculous that you're asking 16, 17, 18-year-old kids to make a decision about the type of education that they want to pursue at that age. I mean, none of us, any of us that's in our 30s, 40s, 50s, like, you look back when you're you were 16 to 18 years old i mean that's you're not even a fully formed person yet and you can't even drink but you're expected to be able to decide what you want to pursue as a lifelong career at that age And i just i don't think that's fair and i don't want to go down a whole rabbit hole of that but i think it's really difficult to understand uh that as well when you're that young so what i would tell my daughter if she was in college for example is well what are the things that you like just like i was saying what are the 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 things you enjoyed about different subject matters in high school. And, okay, well, did you like the collaboration? Did you like the individual work? Did you like the paper trail? Whatever that is. And maybe let's lean into to majors or areas of study that kind of include more of that rather than less of that. And that might be a good place to start. But, you know, it's, it's too big to change. It's too big to fail. But it almost seems like it's backwards right now. You should get out of high school. You should go have to work for three to five to seven years, get some life experience, work in a couple of different positions or a couple of different companies, then go to college and say like, okay, I'm, I'm 28 now and I'm going to go to college because I've, I've had 10 years of, of living and working and I kind of have an idea of things that I might enjoy a little bit. And obviously that's not going to happen. But to me, I think that's a real struggle about trying to figure out when you're young and then how that kind of just, it backs you into a corner when you get out of college and not only are you surrounded by enormous debt in most cases, but you're like, I don't even know what business means or I don't even know what communication as a major means. And you just go work at some company doing something, And then the next thing you know, you're 30 years old and you're like, I just wasted eight years of my life doing a job at a company that I don't even care about really or anything like that. And I'm not trying to talk bad about, you know, people that do that because I did that, but I, I it seems like a backwards way to live. So my advice would be think about and lean into the things that you like about the work that that you're doing and go find a job that allows you to do more of that and is maybe a little bit freer and a little bit more open. And when you think about college, I mean, looking back at it, let's be honest, going to college is not about getting the education and that's not to poo-poo anybody's education. If you're going pre-med or, you know, pre-law or something like that. Yes, but by and large, the, the lion's share of the people that go to college. Your education is not the education. Your education is living on your own for four years and having to confront your, your fears and your vices and your time management. And who are you at 22 when you graduate? Have you grown from when you came in at 18 years old? That's really what college is all about and I actually wrote this, I'm proud of myself for writing this, so I want to read it. So if you're watching on video, I'm looking away at my iPad here that is also covered in my daughter's fingerprints uh, because it's now her iPad, not my iPad anymore. Uh, And I put, uh, let's see here. The table has been set. I can't reset the table for our daughter, but you know what I could do? I could set a new table. The purpose of college, as I mentioned, is to learn how to live. It's not to remember the bullshit English literature class or how in philosophy 101 about how you learn to think about what thinking is and if thinking is actually thinking or just a metaphorical manifestation created by your subconscious mind. I almost got through it. The purpose of college is your first test to see if you can recognize and overcome some or all of the things that are wrong with you. All of your inefficiencies, all of your inadequacies, What choices you will make when you are confronted with your vices, with the devil on your shoulder, by the time you graduate, what have you learned about yourself, about your vices, about your dark side, and how you will combat that when you are released to the real world? If you can begin to get a handle on those things, begin to develop a routine for yourself that helps you perform better, not one you need in order to function, but something that accents you, something that helps lift you up. If you can begin to piece that together, And if you can leave with an understanding of what you liked about college and apply those likes to finding a job and a career, then you, my friend, get an A for college, just like me, who graduated with a 2.7 GPA. All right, and now it's time for today's Just The Tip. And this is another food-related Just The Tip. And today, I'm gonna talk about something that's kind of related in theory, to what I talked about a few weeks ago, which is, hey, if you wanted to salt your food or pepper your food or add those salt or peppery notes to whatever you're cooking, you can incorporate not just salt and pepper, but you can incorporate foods that have saltier notes like olives or peppery notes like arugula. So for this just the tip, I'm talking about when you are making smoothies, which is something I love to do, and I'll throw a YouTube video up at some point on the, the smoothie that I make all the time. A lot of people do This one thing, and it drives me nuts. They put ice in their smoothie. Now that seems totally logical. And if you have a a chain location, like a Smoothie King or something like that, they've got standardized recipes so they account for how much ice is going in when they blend or whatever. I'm not talking about that. But if you're making a smoothie at home or even if you're a small restaurant or whatever and you're making smoothies, putting ice in your smoothie does two things. You think it freezes it, but it actually makes it more of a slushy. And then you think it adds volume and it does, but it also dilutes what you're doing because you're adding ice, which last time I checked is frozen water. So what I recommend is instead of using ice, similar to what I mentioned about the salty foods and the peppery foods is instead of using ice, use foods that are frozen, like frozen blueberries, or frozen bananas or frozen strawberries something like that frozen spinach use frozen foods to help make the smoothie frozen and then for your emulsifier to make it nice and blend and have a nice creamy texture and mouthfeel to it think about stuff like using an avocado or even some peanut butter and a lot of people will put peanut butter in but if you have a nut allergy and also peanut butter tastes like peanut butter avocado has a very very mild taste so You grab some fresh avocado, use like a a fourth of an avocado if it's like a, a normal size, not one of those giant ones the size of this microphone. But if it's a normal size avocado, cut it in four, use about a fourth of the avocado, and have that in there with frozen blueberries, which is the smoothie I make, avocado, frozen blueberries, some protein powder, and some almond milk, and you end up getting a really, really nice cold smoothie that has a great texture all the way through. It's super smooth and creamy and velvety. As opposed to if you throw a bunch of ice in there, the smoothie's going to get cold. It's going to be frozen or more like a smoothie, but it's it's just extra water. It's going to dilute the taste of the other stuff you put in there, and it's not emulsified, so it'll start to separate. So I say skip the ice, add frozen foods in, in small pieces when you're putting it in a blender. And then for your emulsifier, you can add something like peanut butter. I prefer adding avocado because it's a much milder taste. Prepare to be amazed. Today's Just the Tip.
1: whisper in and today's whisper in is going to be for people that live closer to where I live which is in the Phoenix Arizona area there is a liquor store and it is not like other liquor stores it is the greatest liquor store I have ever been in and even if you don't live in the Phoenix area you will want to hear this the name of this liquor store is called Trevor's it is the most unbelievable place I have been into because when you walk in not only is it one of the nicest liquor stores you've ever been in with one of the best selections you've ever been in but that is only less than half of the story because at the back of the liquor store which is one of the nicest liquor stores also a full service bar and restaurant, which is also one of the nicest places you will enjoy a cigar. It has giant glass windows facing the inside. And on the outside, it has the roller garage doors to open up to the fresh air. That is awesome. But again, that's not the And a built in fireplace, and a bunch of great seating, and great views of the mountains, which I love. So, if you live in the Phoenix or Scottsdale area, you need to go to Trevor's. It is the greatest place in the world. And if you do not live in the Phoenix or Scottsdale area, you need to take an airplane here and go to Trevor's, and then do some golf while you're at it. Trevor's, today's Whisper Inn.
0: All right, that whisper in, did a number on my throat here, so. As we wrap up, let's talk about the story, the lesson, and the advice. The story is, I graduated college like so many of us do. It took the first job I could, like so many of us do. And before I know it, almost a decade went by and I thought, is this really what I wanna be doing for the rest of my life? So, I made the wrong decision, right decision, whatever you wanna call it, to quote unquote, pursue my passion and go to culinary school and then cook for the next five or so years. Now, all things work out for a reason. I ended up at the company I'm at now, that's wonderful. I have a culinary tie-in, so I'm kind of still one foot in the industry with that. But looking back, the lesson from that is, maybe don't rush into following your passion and don't look at a possible change in what you're doing for work as what I did, which was an ultimatum of sort of an either or I've got to go into a different industry. I got to pursue something completely different. You don't, you could just go do what you're doing and work at a different company or do something similar at a different company or whatever. But give yourself permission and give yourself the room to just explore and figure out what's best for you. The advice that I would give on this is instead of pursuing your passion, find what you like about your passion Find what things you liked about it and lean into that and try to find a job or a career that incorporates more of those kind of things. So this way, instead of just being following your passion and going to cooking school and working on a cooking line like I did, I might have rethought it and say, hey, I really like food and I really like collaboration and I really like this. Maybe I could go into something marketing related for food or maybe I could go into event planning or Whatever, and I still would have had some exposure to that or who knows. So my advice to you on that is don't be in such a hurry just to rush and follow your passion. Instead, think about what you like about things that are your passion and lean into that. Today's sponsor I wish I had was Underwood Bubbles. Great champagne in a can, portable, recyclable all the things if you're going out anywhere cooler weather going to look at holiday decorations or if you can think all the way to the summer when you can be um, at a pool or at a beach again or whatever great solution um, really really awesome underwood bubbles and they taste really great the sponsor uh, <clears throat> the just the tip segment was about instead of using ice to make a smoothie use frozen foods like frozen blueberries or frozen spinach or frozen bananas and for your emulsifier you could use something like peanut butter i always opt for avocado because it has a much more mild taste and it really helps emulsify whatever it is that you're blending so you have a really great creamy um, great mouthfeel texture to that smoothie, and it won't um, uh, separate five minutes after you make it. So when you're drinking it, you take 10, 15 minutes to drink your smoothie, it's still going to be one drink. It's not going to be all slush on top and all the other stuff on the bottom. So that is my just the tip segment. The Whisper In is the greatest liquor store known to man, Trevor's in Scottsdale, and I think there's, there's two in Scottsdale. One is close to me, um, I live in Phoenix, and one is just a few miles away. Greatest liquor store in the world. Awesome liquor selection. Full cigar lounge, which is really nice and finished out like an actual really nice restaurant. Then on the other side of the building is a really cool bar setup that has two different bars, a full kitchen with a pizza oven, cranking out awesome pizza and foods, and then golf simulators in the back. Full service, lots of plush seating, and then a huge patio up front. All of it's connected. So you go in there for a bottle of bourbon. You stay a couple of hours, have a couple of drinks, have some pizza, enjoy all the TVs and all the things. So that is the, the, uh, that is the whisper in for today. Thank you very much for listening to the Story Lesson Advice podcast this week. We'll be back next week. Again, if you enjoy this, please consider giving it a follow. Consider sharing with your friends. Don't forget to check us out on social media at Saturday is Saturday Media on Instagram and YouTube and our website, sidmedia.net. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next week.